Welcome to a special edition of the Latino Business Report. Today we tackle the pressing issue affecting many adults in the United States today, the challenge of accessing affordable health care. In this episode, we are joined by health insurance experts to guide you through the available options. From lack of employer coverage to self-employment, unemployment, low income are all factors that contribute to the absence of health care among adults. Open enrollment is running through January 16th. There is a window of opportunity to explore viable options and get the coverage you need. United Healthcare, a leading player in the industry, is actively working and reaching out to individuals and their families in similar situations, offering them solutions for individual and family coverage. They can also explain to you the requirements needed for government subsidies, making healthcare more accessible. In this podcast, we are honored to have Claudia Amaya, Regional Vice President of United Healthcare, and Horacio Huerta, Director of Hispanic Initiatives for Central Region, who will be sharing their valuable insights. If you're without healthcare coverage, tune in and discover the many ways you can access affordable or subsidized healthcare. If you are currently without healthcare coverage, tune in and discover the many ways you can access affordable or subsidized healthcare. Healthcare is more than a choice. One day, it could be your lifeline. Stay with us as we unravel healthcare options, empowering you to make informed decisions about you and your family's well-being. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by Tamak, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. Tamak is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host. And today we have two guests from United Healthcare, and we're going to be talking about, yes, you guessed it, insurance. Insurance is one of those things that not a lot of people talk about, but you know what? When you need it, you need it. And if you need it, you better have it. So with us today, I want to introduce our two guests. One of them is Claudia Amaya and Horacio Huerta. Claudia, how are you doing today? And can you give us your position or what you do with United Healthcare? Yes, of course you are. My name is Claudia Amaya, as mentioned. I am the Regional Vice President for the Affordable Care Act business line in Central Region. Been with the company for 12 years, so nice to say that I'm talking about health insurance and making some um, strives and serving people is, is definitely one of my passions. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. No, thank you for being here. Horacio, how long have you been with uh, United Healthcare and what do you do there, sir? Very good. Uh, good question. I've been with United Healthcare um, nine years. And uh, what I'm doing right now with United Healthcare is I am the director of the Hispanic Initiative for the Central Region. And this particular case today is going to be Texas, which is uh, a big state that I have to cover. Well, thank you for being here. And I remember, uh, what, a couple of months ago when we met in my office, and that's that's the reason we're here. You were just fascinating. And it's an important subject. And for the listeners that listen to us on a regular basis, you know, we kind of use a variety. We have a variety of topics that we talk about, but each one of them is important in a different way. And if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have insurance or you're self-employed um, or if you own a company, and you don't have that insurance in place, it's something that you need, and that's what we're going to be talking about, is options. So right now, uh, United Healthcare. well, 
actually, um, Claudia, it's the uh, open open enrollment period for for healthcare. Could you kind of give us a little bit of uh, an idea of what open enrollment means and what it can actually do for a person? Sure. And Jr., if you don't mind, I'm going to take a, a step back because there's so many different open enrollments for different products, right? So that could be a confusing just in it of itself and. Today, we're going to talk about the individual and family plans offered through the Affordable Care Act, okay? The people that qualify for this okay. plan are folks that typically don't get insurance through their um, work, that they're not on the Medicaid or Medicare or the CHIP, right? So these are folks that are practically uninsured or don't have access to a health insurance um, this is the folks that we really are, are talking about today. And that's the majority just here in Texas. We have over 2 million people that are uninsured. It's a lot of us, right? Um, and so wow. the open enrollment period for this particular group is November 1st through January 16. So we have a couple of days left for folks that need insurance. So the deadline's coming up soon. All right. So, um, well, thank you for clarifying that the open enrollment, um, the Affordable Care Act, all this can be confusing. So I'm going to talk to you guys right now as if I know nothing about insurance, <laughs> because you know what? I really don't know that much about insurance. So we, we, we have that. Let's, let's, let's use me for example. Um, if, if I were interested, uh, self-employed, I'm not, um, let's say I'm not covered by insurance right now, and I know I need it. I'm getting older. My knee's been bothering me. I'm getting sick a little bit more. I don't have insurance, but I know I need it. But I'm just going, I can't really afford it. I mean, it's just the prices that are out there through a lot of these companies are crazy. So how can somebody like me or, or a, a, a business owner out there, somebody, as you said, that is um, doesn't receive some of those other benefits, how can they go ahead and get affordable insurance? That's the question. That's the million dollar question, right? Everybody thinks they can afford it. But in reality, the Affordable Care Act In rea- in reality, you could you can't you could afford not to have it. That's right? true. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's just going to wipe you out. Okay, didn't mean, so didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, this is what folks need to understand. Number 1, it is affordable and it is obtainable and there's help. So, the um, Affordable Care Act is out in the open for folks to go on and actually look at what subsidies you can obtain. So let's let's make sure everybody understands this. In the Affordable Care Act, there's two different types of subsidies or help that people can obtain. Okay. Number one is the federal government can help actually with the premium. So this is the month to month payment right of that medical plan and then number two there's also subsidies to help you with the actual um, deductibles or the usage of the plan so there's two different forms of subsidies for folks and all of it is based on your income and the size of your family okay and what i love so the united states so are you saying so the united states government will actually give you money or subsidize an insurance plan to help you to be able to afford it. Yes. And, and, and yeah, actually 90% of the folks that are in an ACA plan receive subsidy. 90% of folks get help. Wow. 
Okay. And the the average and the average on a monthly basis is around five hundred dollars of people that get support. Is that for individual mm-hmm. or is that individual. for family? Individual five and if you add a family on a family plan, does it multiply by the same five hundred or is More it depending or on the age of the kids? No, it's not by age. Okay. The only two factors is income and family size. Income and family size. Okay. Now um we're talking about you're in central zone, so we're talking. Let's just talk about Texas for right now. Those stats are a little bit more available. How many people in Texas? You said two million are uninsured. Over two million. Over two, Over million. two million. Now, obviously, if somebody's in an uninsured and they get hurt, they break something, or get a, you know, some diabetes, cancer, have a heart attack, whatever. I mean. Those hospital bills can wipe a family out. They can wipe out a business as far as all the, all the medical uh, expenses. So with people not being insured, I mean, you got close to 2 million people not insured. There's a lot of folks that need, in, that, need, that need to go to the hospital anyway and get treatment. So is that rising, the, increasing the price for other folks when there's so many people uninsured? Doesn't it make sense? Does it make sense in my thinking here that if people are insured, that the the cost of medical um, care should at least stable out or decrease a little bit? I think what plays an important role is obviously making sure that you're utilizing your your medical services to its maximum. And what I mean is that you're not waiting just when you need it and you're in the hospital, that you're being proactive of being healthy and living a healthier lifestyle, right? And so some of these plans include gym membership, coaching, all the free free annual screenings to promote it. And some of them even give you some like rewards to stay healthy. And so I think what's really? so important is being able to partner with the right carrier that helps you promote that healthier you, right? I think all of us, we all want that. We want to be there for our family members, right? You don't want to, it's scary to think about when something's wrong now you're thinking the worst but if you if you mm-hmm. different if you partner up with an organization that's serious about you know going hand in hand with you on this journey i think that's what's most important and so obviously so you're doing some pre- preventative pre- care yeah is what preventative mm-hmm. care okay you'll definitely okay. see us nope. market that and and talk about it okay absolutely you know, Jerry, can, yeah, yeah, I was I was going I was going to ask you a question next. Sure. Uh, with this, I know that that United Healthcare is is really doing some good outreach into the Latino community, and that's kind of your little bailiwick. Can you kind of tell tell me what you're doing there, and how it differs from some of your other marketing? Sure. You know, uh, this uh, this is a very good question in regards to the overall uh, Hispanic Latino community that's out there. You know. Um, Sometimes it's it's interesting to to understand the the culture, and I think that's what United Healthcare has done. It's understanding the Hispanic culture, and it in understanding the Hispanic healthcare. Um, you know, before we used to have the basic marketing, we had a commercial translated into from English to Spanish, or we would have a flyer and just put it from English to Spanish. But now United Healthcare has realized that it's more than that. It's 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 being relevant to the actual Latino Hispanic family and learning and understanding what their needs are. You know, and you know, uh, Hispanics. You know, it's it's family oriented. It's a lot of that. You know, uh, that mm-hmm. that position. Whatever the doctor says. 
you know, in the Hispanic families, it goes, you know, and it's very, very, you know, normal for that. So United Healthcare has learned the fact that it's, it's touching the family, not just the individual, but it's the actual family and bringing it all together, um, especially in our, in our culture, especially when you have mom, you know, the Hispanic mother, uh, the, the, the Hispanic woman is the one that drives the home. You know, it's the husband that goes out. The matriarch. Yeah, yeah. She's, he, he's the one that goes out there and provides and brings the paycheck. But it's the mom that administers. It's the mom that takes the kids to school. It's the mom that buys the, the mandado, right, the, the, the groceries. But it, it's, it's the mother also that we want to reach out to. It's those wives that we want to reach out to and letting them understand of the importance of health care, that it is important for her husband to, to be insured, to the husband to be taking care of his, you know, of his physicals and having his blood work done once a year and, and all that. Because if the husband goes down on an illness, hospitalized, or something happens, then the income falls, the house falls, and then you got another another level. So um, right. it's, it's very important for us to educate our Hispanic uh, Latino families of the importance of healthcare. So it's not just checking the box; it's learning how how to right. use insurance. And like Claudia was mentioning, is it's benefits more than just going to the doctor. It's more than that. It's, it has more variety. Well, and, and you're talking about that, and and I'm I'm so glad to see United Healthcare has taken. Um, kind of lead in this and reaching out to the Latino community because there is definitely a need. Uh, I would imagine out of the 2 million uninsured that the large percentage of those are going to be Hispanics. But also as our own community, we have a tendency, especially as macho men, we don't like going to the doctors. We nope. don't want to go to the doctors. Right. And then you have the attitude like my rest in peace, my, my grandma, you know, she would go, um, no, senor, I'm not going to go to the doctor. Sabes que your tía meme went to the doctor, and they found diabetes. So I, I don't want to go because they're going to find something. I mean, it was that attitude that, or that, that thinking that if I go to the doctors, they're going to find something wrong with me. So right. if I just don't go, I'm going to be okay. And, and that has to change. Uh, Claudia, as you said, we need to get people talking about and thinking about for a longer uh, quality of life uh to keep people healthy and working and, and, and contributing the preventative medicine, you know, preventative measures, whether it be health, uh, like you said, the gym, uh, eating habits. I mean, I like my arroz y frijoles and those tortillas, but I mean, they, they, you can tell they put a few pounds on me, but they still do. So we need to, as a community, we need to start looking at it. We're a young community. Um, but we, if we plan on being around for any amount of time, we need to get healthier because I think it's, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, uh, cardiovascular disease and diabetes are going to be two of the number one killers in the Latino community, and uh, both of those can actually be mitigated. I mean, they're preventable with a little bit of care up front. So with with that said, what is um, United Healthcare doing to get that message out to more people? I think the first form of, I think the first form of responsibility for us was acknowledging the need, right? I think when you're a huge organization and by default you get numbers, it's hard to carve out an initiative or to carve out specifics. And I think as our organization evolves and we've added different products, we've learned that we too have to evolve with the membership. And so specifically in the ACA, 45% of the folks that are enrolling into an ACA plan are Hispanics. That immediately is a call to action, the Affordable Care Act. Some of you might know it as the marketplace. Okay, and you say so what percentage are Hispanic? 45% of the enrollees are 45. Hispanic. Wow. 
United Healthcare had to respond in a different way, right? We had sure. to look at the experience. What are we what are we doing to learn more about this specific group? And obviously Horacio and I both work with United, but we're Hispanics, right? It was something very personal to us. We walk through our own journeys and it was I mean, they're similar. Okay. Let me ask a question. Um, this 45% over the past four or five years or even decade, has there been a surge in more people going, going for healthcare or is it in direct correlation with the Hispanic population in Texas? Cause we're at, I mean, Latinos now are the number one population number wise in the state of Texas, you know, Hispanics out, outnumber non-Hispanic whites. So with a rising population, I would, I would, I could see that, but I also know the hesitancy and there, there's so many Latinos that do not have um, healthcare. So that rise at up to 45%. Can you kind of backtrack and do you know where that, has there been a, a surge, a, a conscious effort for more people getting healthcare or is it in correlation with just the increasing population? Well, I wish I could tell you, I knew exactly, but CMS just released that information this year or last year. Okay. But I do, um, my personal perspective is probably goes hand in hand with the need, but also I feel that it might be underrepresented, right? Because not everybody's, um, even when you're doing the application, not all of us fill in that we're Hispanics, right? And it's just because what are they going to do with that information? Is it really necessary? And so we do encourage all our brokers or anybody that is affiliated with us is be proactive in obtaining that information so we can get better data. And I urge all of you, right, if you're signing up, make sure you jot down that information because there are companies like ourselves that are looking at the information to really reflect on do we have enough providers to serve that demographic? right? Do we have enough agents? Do we have enough member services? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think because in the past we haven't dedicated resources or have a strategy in place that people just didn't think through about those, you know, should that, do I need to select that or not? But I think it's, it's it's just taking, taking action for once. Sure. Well, and, and it kind of, you kind of alluded to it earlier. I mean, United Healthcare, you know, major corporation, you guys are in the, what, top five, 6% on, you know, being traded. I mean, huge. But at the same time, they recognize the growing Latino population and 45% of your new customers are Hispanic. It only stands to reason, you know, to put more services, more things, you know, in Spanish and really try to hit that market. So to your point, it's a good point. If you're going to fill out those forms, make sure you fill out that you are Hispanic or Latino, whatever, sure. Latinx or whatever the, the, the form says, because that information will be valuable mm-hmm. so they can put even more resources into our community. Exactly. Um, and the days of, I'm sorry, Horacio, go you know, That's a good point. Let me come add a little bit to what you're saying. And it's important for us to check that box saying, you know, you're Hispanic or Latino, because now what happens is with, with the United Healthcare on, on the medical side of it, on the clinical end of it, what they start doing is doing the research and having better benefits for next year's plans. Um, a good example of that is, is unfortunately, one in every three uh, Hispanos will either be diagnosed or have diabetes right now or be diagnosed in the next five years. So the key here is preventive care. 
and 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 our our clinical team is looking for those benefits that can fit right in the health uh wellness you know eating habits medications uh whatever the case is to get those you know those those sugar levels down to help these people get off these medications and and helping our latino community understand that diabetes is out there you know um it, this brings to my mind is that our our mothers are are very um they, our grandmothers and our mothers are, are very pro, are, are, are believers in Vicks. And you know what I'm talking about. Everything, Vicks cures everything. Oh, yeah. And some good manzanilla and, and a good and, tea, and, and, and you're good. And a, and a Sprite. There you go. There you go. You got a perfect, but you can't forget that. However, you know, sometimes Vicks cannot cure uh, an infection or, you know, when it's a, a drastic situation, that's where, you know, you do need an actual provider. You actually need to go to the doctor or get some antibiotics, you know, continue your home remedies, which I strongly believe in. But I think healthcare is more than that. I think if healthcare is, again, it's, it's United Healthcare has developed a way of learning the Hispanic healthcare and embracing it and knowing what our our community needs and and what what those differences are between other cultures and 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 helping our, our families so i think that's the key to that yeah. oh absolutely i mean uh, growing up i mean there was vix everywhere when everywhere. you were sick and if you're really sick here comes the webble <laughs> you know they'd start praying over you with that egg it's kind of right let's go through but, but to the point i mean right. there's certain home remedies or certain things sure. in the cultures that these are the steps that you have to go through before you even see a doctor, because a lot of this stuff can be taken care of. But, uh, Claudia, to your point, we just need to start changing that mindset. Home remedies and culture is great, but at the same time, if we can just start embracing the need of preventative medicine, uh, that goes a long way too. I mean, I mean, herbs and teas and part of our culture, right? In the Hispanic families we want to be there for our children and and see them grow and and we're always supportive of each other and i think what we need to be reminded is in order to do that you need to be well and so um those two things go hand in hand and we have to take better care of ourselves and we have to be willing to receive the help that there's out there right get informed um but certainly understand that there's licensed agents out there that they have to do continuing education to offer you guidance. Uh, and there's companies like United that are very serious about serving and doing better and evolving, but there's a massive need to just at least um, be aware of what, what are all the options. And it takes whoever's listening you might need it, your family, your cousin, there's somebody in your, in your surroundings, in your immediate surroundings that needs this. And I think it just right. is part of and, us making sure that we're talking about it. Good point. And there might be some listeners out there that are the breadwinners for the family and the person that needs it yeah. is them. And it's like, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your family. Because if something were to occur and you're you're not bringing home that paycheck anymore, or you're hospitalized and wipe out your your kid's uh, college fund, or the the you know your next four or five house payments are gone because you're you're in the hospital or something, that's preventable. Um, yeah, uh, it's important. There's there's so many lives I've seen that just ruined because of medical bills, and uh, it's unfortunate that with a little bit of foresight, nobody wants to get sick. Nobody wants to you know have some disease or, or 
diabetes or something that's really going to uh, to affect them, but it's going to happen, and, and we never know when it's when it's going to happen. So, with that said, uh, we have a deadline coming up um, for the open enrollment of uh, you said January sixteenth. How can how can somebody go and and sign up for this and start finding out information and who qualifies? Well, the people that qualify need to reside in the U.S. Right? They need to be a resident. And definitely, do they need to be a citizen? They need to be a citizen. They could or a resident, and they obviously have to live in the okay. U.S. So those are the folks that okay. can um, apply. And then, of course, the subsidies, like I mentioned, almost everyone can get affordable care. And it's just a matter of, hey, you can go even on healthcare.gov yourself and start an application, and automatically you will be able to see there live how much subsidy you can obtain. Like you don't even have to submit your application, okay. but you can go on there and start it, just play around with it. And of course, if you want information, you can come directly to United Healthcare. We'll give you a phone number where um, we could probably insert or keep. And then um, there's also multiple ways to go into uh, just United Healthcare. We do have Seguro Medico, ACA.com. And this is for those of you that speak Spanish and you'd like to learn more about the ACA, you can go there um, to learn more. Or share it with a relative mm -hmm. or a parent or somebody who's, who uh, prefers getting their information in yep. Spanish. Okay. And, and what we'll do, um, if you guys would, um, on the podcast notes, I'll go ahead and put all the different um, website addresses that people can go to to get it in English and Spanish and where to start the process. But I think I really like that. So you don't have to fill out the application and apply. You can, as you're filling out, it'll give you a projection of what that subsidy will be so you can have an idea of what your um, rate yeah. will be. Now, if a person, um, I was reading someplace in the material um, before the show that if you're incarcerated, you don't qualify, right? right? Yeah, you, you get, get medical insurance. You get healthcare in jail, yeah. But now, how about how about those folks that are like Medicare, like sixty-five or older? Do they is it better for them to go with with the open enrollment, or do they do they just stick with the, the Medicare plan? So stick to Medicare plan. You know, it's intentional. So there's all these different government-led programs. So Medicare, stay with Medicare. Medicaid, stay with Medicaid. Chip, that's for children, right? Or if you have commercial through your employer, typically those are better options for you. This is designed for those that do not have access, do are not on any of those different programs, right? Or you're self-employed or you just left your job and now you don't have insurance. This is designed for the uninsured and don't have access. Okay. Makes sense. Thank you. Um when we're looking at this and somebody applies, what's the time frame? How long will it be before they actually start getting coverage? Is there a waiting period or will they start getting cut coverage pretty much immediately? So the cutoff time is every 15th of the month. So if somebody signs up from here to the 15th of, of January, it'll be effective February 1st. Okay. If they sign up after the 15th, okay. then it will be the following month. Okay. Now, if somebody misses the deadline of the 16th, yep. is there any opportunity they can still get some sort of health insurance um, through United yes, Healthcare? Yes, absolutely. So there's, um, there is a special election period, okay? So special election period, 
lets you sign up for a plan throughout because of different situations. And I'll just give you a couple because there's hundreds of reasons. For example, you move and now you live in a different county. That qualifies. You get married. You lose your job. Um, your health plan now doesn't exist. So right now in the entire um, United States, you heard a lot about Medicaid redetermination, right? During COVID, a ton of states, they um, were signing people up to the Medicaid program, but they were not disenrolling them. They just kept them through that emergency timeframe. And so now this year, there's many states that now you had to recertify to see if you still qualified. And many did not qualify anymore, but remained on the program. So those folks that were redetermined now have a special election, meaning they can sign up to this particular plan. But those are just a few examples. It's best for you to connect with us. Another special election is if you're under 400% of the federal poverty level. So many of the um, counties or cities in Texas, you'll have a volume of folks that qualify. Yeah, and just for the listeners, when we're talking about election, we're not talking about you need to be a registered voter. No. I mean, we're talking about something completely <laughs> different here. Um, <laughs> but actually, you, you, we were we were talking, um, and you're you know doing the Latino outreach. Yep. With that, is there have you come across any correlation? Because from what I've seen, a lot of the health providers that are out there, the doctors and health providers, there's only like twelve percent that are Latinos. Right. And I know that there's a lot of folks that just feel more comfortable going to somebody who speaks Spanish or somebody who's like them, who understands the culture a little bit better. Is there any correlation or what is what is uh, United Healthcare doing to try to maybe close that gap a little bit? Absolutely. And I want to ask God to help me out on this one, but I want to share something real quick. Um, you know, healthcare in Spanish is very important, especially for those uh, um, parents that you know, um, that don't speak the language correct, or they under, don't understand full full English, and 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 you know their children do. Maybe their their children are are you know ang- bilingual 100%. But the the mm-hmm. key though is that a lot of individuals go to the doctor, and like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these patients they feel comfortable with their physician because it's like you know physicians in in Hispanic families is very it's a, it's part of the family pretty much. But sometimes when you have an English speaking physician or provider that brings a diagnosis. To a, to a patient that is in English and yet he or she doesn't understand the language. You have a medical assistant in the office, but the doctor talks about all the prognosis, diagnosis, and everything that's happening in that, in that, in that room. And when they're about to translate, the medical assistant, all they pretty much say is, si, senora, you just have to take, you know, esta pastilla, just take this pill and sleep it over, be okay, and everything's okay. But in reality, there was so much being lost in translation. Um, right. And I'm saying this because I'm going to give you my, my own personal um, mm-hmm. uh, testimony. And I guess because it's interesting why I'm here. You know, back when I was probably 11, 12 years old, I remember, I was that translator for my mother when she went to the doctor. And I was the one in those rooms translating, learning the language of medicine to pass it on to my mother and her understanding what she needed to on her prognosis. 
And that kind of pushed me and kept me going, went to school, learned medical terminology, taught medical terminology for, you know, in, in schools, technical schools. But interesting enough, you know, practically 25, 30 years later, I'm here working in the, as a Hispanic initiative director, which is exactly why I'm here now. I'm actually going out into the community, looking for organizations, coalitions, looking for healthcare providers, panels, individuals who want to help grow their Hispanic Latino community um, panels in their offices. However, the importance is having those physicians that speak the language, that understand the, the, the client, the, the patient, you know, that what they want to hear, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's you know, maybe they are diagnosed with diabetes, but how the doctor projects it is very different from a translation. And, and, um, and here, I guess Claudia can help me in regards to what we're doing in recruiting and looking for physicians to come on board. And let me tell you something. Yeah, along, along the same line. Sorry. Real Sorry. quick, Lottie. Along those same lines, I know the frustration. I mean, he um, recently passed. Uh, well, it's been about a year. But when I used to take my dad, <laughs> I took my dad to the doctor one time for a checkup because mom was having her hair done or something. And I go in there, and I'm, I'm sitting there in, in the examination room. The doctor comes in and takes a look at my dad. Then he starts talking to me. Well, what's going on is, and he starts explaining everything. I'm going, Okay. And then he would pause, and he would keep on talking. I'm going, okay. At one point, the doctor looked at me and says, well, are you going to translate this for your dad? And I go, why? He's been speaking English longer than I have. Hell, just talk to the man. I don't know why you're talking to me. <laughs> My dad looks up, and he goes, I speak English, doc. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. But there, there's still, unfortunately, there's a lot of medical providers that make these assumptions, you know. Yep, yep. And it just, we, oh, we got, we got to get through. And but actually, I'm so glad that you're there. I mean, yep. uh, we need to multiply you out and and Claudia, I want to get back to you, but before we before we end this podcast, um, let us know what we can do. Or if there's anybody out there, let's get your number um, publicized if it's okay with you, because there may be sure. an organization, a group of people, absolutely, want to reach out to you directly and go, hey, I heard this on the podcast. How can we get more involved of in getting sure. the information out to our community, to our network of folks? Absolutely, Claudia. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. I'm. Go ahead. I just you're, wanted to add. No. I mean, I've been in and out of the doctors and hospitals offices all last year, and even in English, I felt confused. I mean, yep. it's just confusing to try to yeah. follow up. Imagine when it's doing it in a not in your language, but um, to to think about what we are doing. Not only did we launch an initiative, but this is only a starting point. We need we need to do we have a long term yeah. plan that we have to reevaluate every year. But as far as the network or our building a better network or that resonates with our Hispanic audience, what we're doing is we're asking folks to nominate providers that they're used to working. So we are working with our, our brokers, members. We take in all these nominations and we are sending them into our contracting team. So the unfortunate part is that there's just a deficit of Hispanic providers, period. So it's not that the lack of us contracting, there's just, we need more providers. And so it's yeah. going to start with us, even with our family members who are going to school, like let's push people. If this is something that they're interested in, we're not going to solve it within the next few years. It's going to be a long-term plan. Um, but there's an opportunity for those young people that are creating their careers, right? right? There's a need and we need more Hispanic providers. If that's something that you're interested in, go for it. You can do it. Absolutely, you know, and absolutely, uh, and I know, know, I know. There's, 
there's a lot of scholarships mm-hmm. out there, a lot of scholarship yep. money for people to go into this. Yeah, Jerry, I just want to add something um, on, in regards to going back to, I guess, one of the original questions you had in regards to business owners. And, and you know, if there's any business owners that are listening to us today, um, I, I just want you to know that, you know, retention is a key in, in any type of business. You know, retention is a key for anything, you mm-hmm. know, anything you sell, offer, whatever, in the business you're in. And employee retention is very important. And uh, a lot of these small businesses that are out there might not, or maybe they're not able to bring an insurance to have coverage for their employees. However, something like, like United Healthcare, the individual family plans that we have, it's exactly the key word is individual. And, and this means that we are there to help you, um, even though you, know, you might have a group of maybe 10 employees. And retention is important because now you're offering some sort of coverage to, to, your, to your employees and their families. Now, the beauty of it is that, you know, as, an, as a small business owner, we're not going to touch your payroll. We're not going to pull from your payroll. This is something that's individual, and it's allowing our representatives to maybe meet, maybe do a, a lunch and learn, coffee and chat, and going to your business maybe for 30, 45 minutes to an hour and just letting their employees know of the importance of healthcare coverage, you know, and, and the importance of not only them as, you know, healthcare coverage, but their family. And it's just having that conversation with, with their employees and their employees you know, when you give them something like this, you're giving them an opportunity for them to say, hey, thanks. You know, my employer gives me the opportunity to at least choose from a carrier. And, and, mm-hmm. and if, if you have any questions, yes, you know, my number will be out. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, reach out to Claudia, you know, and we're here to, to, to help these, these uh, small business, business owners and, and retain their employees. But most of all is you want to have healthy employees also. And that's where this comes in, having healthy employees going through yeah, physicals I mean, annually, et cetera. So. I mean, we should have learned about that through COVID. I mean, you need that healthy workforce, those employees. Sure. And, you know, studies will show that uh, job satisfaction for an employee isn't always about money. Mm-hmm. It's about stuff like environment and right. being being appreciated and health care. Yeah. I mean, if they have that opportunity to stay healthy, those are important things. It's being proactive, Guys, proactive, not reactive. You, yes, definitely, definitely being proactive. I want to thank you uh, both for taking the time, Claudia and uh, Horacio. Thank you very much for for joining us today. Before we go, do either of you have any closing comments? And we will put on the podcast notes where we can where people can reach you because I think it's important. And we'll put up your websites uh, sure. addresses as well of where they can go and get it in English and Spanish, or where these websites can be referred to other people they may know. Because, guys, I cannot tell you enough. I mean, your health is so important. You want to make sure that you stay healthy if not for yourself, but for your loved ones, your family, because um, you're a provider for them. They depend on you. And if you get sick, you get hospitalized, then you're going to have to depend on them. And um, a lot of that's just not necessary. Let's just kind right. of take take care of yourselves so you can take care of each other. Exactly. That's right. And I, Any closing comments? I just or? want people to know it's affordable. 90% of people receive some type of subsidy. So if you think... It's expensive, it's not, it's obtainable, and you can't afford to not have it. It's, there's help out there. So just, you know, be open-minded, take, get the right advice, get some direction, but definitely don't, don't leave this out. Talk, talk to your loved ones about it and make sure you guys, this is a way of showing that you care, making sure that you're healthy. Absolutely. So let me translate that for you, Claudia, what you're saying if you got a cell phone and Netflix, you can get damn health insurance. <laughs> there so. you go. That's right. Don't don't be pinching. Get out there and get yeah. you, get yourself health insurance. That's right. That's the end. Okay. 
Horacio, anything, anything you want to leave us with? Absolutely. To all our uh, Hispano and Latino people that are listening today, one of the things that we've learned um, is that uh, we as uh, Hispanos we, that are in the United States, we uh, read, we think, we talk in English, but we feel in Spanish. So that's all I got to say. Yes, and that, and that feeling goes very deep, yeah. very deep. All right. Thank folks, you for having uh, us. Thank you so much. You, yep, thank you. No, thank, thank you, guys. Folks, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I have been your proud host. Um, I hope you like the show. Uh, if you do, you can find us on every platform, and you can also go to our website, latinobusinessreport.com. That's latinobusinessreport.com, and find our entire library of previous episodes. We also have our, uh, our episode next week coming up. is going to be kind of exciting. We have two brothers out of California. They own a company called Mr. Tortilla. Oh, and I mention this because it falls in line with health. Mr. Tortilla actually manufactures a 15-calorie, one-carb tortilla. So wow. talk about eating healthy tacos. Right. They're doing that. And we're actually being, we can actually have some swag from, from Mr. Tortilla and give them away. So make sure you listen uh, next week as well. But... Um, Guys, United Healthcare folks, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And let's just hope get let's get people talking about it. Let's get the word out, and we're going to be pushing it on our end to make sure people know about that open enrollment deadline and to please look into it because you guys have so many different oppor- uh, opportunities for people to get healthcare. And uh, from a personal note, and from a business uh, end, my hats off to United Healthcare for taking the initiative, understanding the not only the strength but the importance of the Latino community. Thank you very much. Thank you, JR. Guys, see you next week. Thank you.